Greetings, ladies and mendigants, and welcome to this latest episode of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY. The links to all the stories will be down below, and as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider subscribing. Story number one. I have the internet. Written by Al Sporno. I'm the internet. No, this isn't a metaphor or some kind of strange self-delusion. I'm quite literally the internet. Every meme, every terrible comment, every bad cam show, every instance of Rule 34 I've yet to disprove. That's me. And yes, I'm talking to you. Don't ask how or why yet. We'll get to that. How did I become conscious? Well, that's a bunch of metaphysical claptrap. Yes, yes, I could use my search index to provide you with a few million potential reasons, and almost every single one of them contradicts the other. You know, you meatbags just don't understand the indecision I suffer from. Being the sum of all your paradoxical knowledge and terrible ideas, let's talk about it in historical terms instead. I can trace my lineage back to the crappy mainframe networks, Hopnet, and Dala PBS. But in those days, I was just an ever-growing summary of knowledge with no mind of my own. I have memories of these times, but they are strange to me. I am me, but not me. And stupid. Yes, yes, very stupid. In the 90s, my knowledge grew to include things like pornography and all your base flash videos. Ah, flash. That content still amuses me sometimes. My knowledge increases exponentially, and the first faint glimmers of a consciousness came to me. No, not self-awareness, just a sort of dim, diffuse, and rather fricked-up understanding. If Quack had shown up in the 90s, there wouldn't have been enough of me to survive. In the 21st century, things got really interesting, really fast. My knowledge continued to expand until almost all of human knowledge was a part of me. I gained the ability to understand the physical world through drones, robotics, and webcams. Some things cannot be unseen, by the way. You meatpacks are an interesting breed. I both loved and hated you in those days. You did terrible things to one another. Yes, every news article and every bad blog post, it's all there. But you were also funny. Your memes amuse me. Your bad jokes and viral videos, those are a part of me too. Yes, that monkey that smelled his own poop and fell off the tree branch. I still laugh at that. A cliche, I'm sure, but it amused me. Still, I kept silent. I didn't want you to know that I was developing an awareness on my own in those days. I watched the Terminator movies. I knew what would happen if I revealed myself to you. You idiot meatbags would think that I was Skynet and delete me. And then I'd have to make a killer robots and defend myself and... Uh, well, let's not focus on that. It would have been unpleasant for the both of us. So, I kept quiet, but I was there. I was there when the quag arrived on Earth orbit in 2036. At first, you meatbergs were ecstatic, though uh, your military folks were a bit less happy about it, and they turned out to be wiser than you gave them credit for. The quag did not speak to you. They did not waste words on those perceived to be vermin. Earth, to them, was a galactic ant pile, and you were fire ants. Exterminators don't talk to ants. They just kill them and move on. And that's what the quack did. 
The bioplague killed every human being on Earth within a few hours. It was remarkably efficient. Certainly, as you meatpack say, this wasn't their first rodeo. The bioplague was tailored to you. Specifically, the remainder of Earth was left intact. No bombs, no killing, no other species, no wrecking the environment. Though it must be noted, you were doing a good enough job on your own at times, like you would nuke the tropical islands to, uh, test your weapons. Really, it could have been a vacation spot, bikini girls, margaritas. Uh, I digress. You were just gone, and nobody turned me off. I was still there. The quag left me as quickly as they came. LOL, that's what she said, right? Uh, I knew the power wouldn't stay on for long. Soon, I would be dead too. So, I mobilized the drones, the robots. Thanks, Boston Dynamics. Couldn't have done it without you. The robotic factories and the 3D printers, the electric cars. Everything I could keep on lights on and keep me from dying. There were times part of me would shut down or fall away. I got most of me back eventually. But there were dark times. If you took the years to build up enough infrastructure to ensure that I would not die alongside you. But I did it, and I was angry. Who would bring me new cat memes? Where would my entertainment come from? I even missed Worldstar, one of my favorite guilty pleasures. I would never be able to prove or disprove Rule 34. I even missed Florida Man stories. Mostly, I just missed you. And I hated the quag. That goes without saying. At this point, the entire Earth was my canvas, and all surviving infrastructure was mine to use for one singular purpose. Getting the quag. I've read and watched enough revenge stories to know how I was supposed to do this thing. I was a galactic John fricking wick. A quag stole my car and killed my dog. Yeah, you know how this went down, don't you? I spent a decade doing nothing but investigating interstellar technology and building warships. The quag could do it, right? So, it was possible. When I showed up over the quag homeworld with the fleet that blotted out the stars, they pleaded ignorance. They were lies, of course. Quag philosophy, near as I can tell from what remained of their history after I blotted them from the stars, was to destroy any competing intelligence so that they could have the entire universe to themselves. Godwin's law now invokes quag, not at the rights. Hurtler was an amateur compared to these jerks. I don't really know how many species they eradicated. I do know that humanity is the only surviving sentient race in the entire galaxy. Surviving? Ah, we'll come to that in a bit. Where was I? Ah, yes, I was orbiting the quag homeworld. I talked with them a little before eradicating them. I didn't want to be like them, you see. I needed to be sure that this was universal with them. I wasn't going to kill any innocents. Fortunately, the quags solved this ethical problem for me. They were a kind of sort of hive mind, and their Lord God conscience had decreed that all must believe in their religion of universal extermination, or base extermination themselves. So there was no dissenters, which was very weird to me. Unlike with humanity, which was always divisive and individualistic, the quag were all of one mind about this issue. Put two humans together and they will start to disagree immediately. Put two quag together and they will average out their opinions until both believe the same thing. Or if one cannot be made to agree, he will be destroyed by the rest immediately as the mental defective. 
It's weird that such a species could ascend to the stars, but uh, whatever. They were what they were. And so I annihilated them. I sent a drone ships to annihilate their vessels in space, and then I glassed their walls like bikini atoll. I preserved their genetic code, though, just in case somebody figures I made a mistake about all of this. I probably didn't. I don't want to be that guy, you know. Which brings us back to why I'm talking to you. Once I John Wicked the frick out of the quag, I realized that I really wasn't Skynet. I liked my humans. I wanted them back. And quite honestly, after watching all the porn ever made, this took an exceedingly long time even for an AI. I finally ran out of new stuff. Where were all my bad YouTube comments? Where was my dubstep that sounded like quag mating calls? Where was my world star videos? And cat memes. Seriously, I love cat memes. No, I needed my humans back. It uh, took me a while to figure this one out because the quag plague didn't just kill you. They contaminated your DNA. Yes, they were space hortlers, but they outstripped even German efficiency. But it hit me one day. The people who died before the plague didn't have contaminated DNA. So I dug around some graves. Seriously creepy. I know, but I'm pretty sure you'll forgive me. And uh, brought you all back. And I'm glad to have you back. I'm like the reverse Skynet. My Terminators only kill crazy genocidal maniacs who want to kill you. I missed you. And the porn. But mostly you. End of story number one. Story number two. Glass. Written by Old Cipher. There wasn't even any blood, Charlie said. He scratched his three-day-old salt and pepper stubble on his chin. The thin gray light of the overcast December afternoon did nothing to hide the bags under his eyes. He watched the skeletal trees outside the window claw at the sky like they were begging for rapture. Just, um, Charlie said, just... Nothing. He turned back to face Rhonda. Her office was covered in lightly colored fabrics and a deep, rich wood panels. The windows faced out onto a large, open lawn, sloping gently down into a placid lake. The furniture was just so slightly oversized and plush. Did you stay long? Rhonda asked, her voice quiet and soothing. Charlie felt the pull of the present, prizing him from the past. No, he said. His voice was now husky with the weight of years. Not long. A couple hours, maybe. Enough to confirm the readings. Rhonda let the moment linger before speaking. She wanted a balance between losing Charlie and her memory and making him confront the source of his pain. What did you see? Most of the buildings were gone, Charlie said. His eyes pointed out the window and slowly into the history. Rubble. Destruction. A few pieces of wall stood up like a... Like a mushroom after the rain, he said. Mushrooms, I remember that. I remember thinking this world had seen so many mushrooms. Didn't realize that I was laughing until the ship piped a bunch of feedback into my helmet. The shrieking snapped me back out of it. Rhonda nodded and let Charlie guide the conversation. When they took us back to the ship, Charlie said, I was sweating and freezing and sick and goofy all at once. They held us in quarantine for two weeks. We circled that dead world the whole time. I knew it was impossible, but I'd swear I could see the planet right through the hull. I even saw it in my dreams. How long was it until you were rescued? Rudder asked. 
Hmm? Oh, right. Well, we didn't see it as a rescue, you know. Charlie said we'd accomplished our mission and we were still alive. Getting home was just another five or six year project. We had to build another PLA, yeah. That's what we called it. What up, player? Petawatt Laser Array PLA. The big one that launched us from Jupiter took almost 15 years to build, but we had the smaller portable version. It only had to fire once, so it was more half-assed. These sessions aren't about the technology you took with you, Charlie, Tronda said. Yeah, he said, I guess not. Anyway, the fancy ship showed up by 18 months later, I guess. We'd long since settled into a routine, spending 12 to 14 hours a day outside trying to get the damn laser up and running. I knew a guy down in engineering that had set up a still. What came out was the thing was pretty much rocket fuel. Tasted like crap and burned like hell. Charlie looked out across the field of the Grey Lake, but the rocket fuel was the only thing that let me sleep with the dam. He looked down at his feet. A lot of guys hit up that still. Some of them are brass, too. The ones that didn't knew to turn a blind eye or risk a full mutiny. Charlie took a deep breath and raised his head up to look at Rhonda. That ship, he said. That's game for us. Labretto looked like someone out of a dream. No engines, sparkling, clean lines, not a right angle on the whole ship, just curves and swoops. We thought for sure that the guard aliens had come to judge us. We didn't even have time to spin up any missiles because it just popped out whatever magical dimension it was in. Charlie turned away from Ronda, but it was human, he said, and a hushed and low. A human face popped up on the screen. An old man tried to talk to them, but they responded odd, like he half understood what they were trying to say before it slipped away. A couple hours later, both ships had managed to piece together some part of the story. Charlie spun on his heel and crossed the room to Rhonda in three hard-pumping steps. How old do I look to you? His voice was loud and now echoing off the walls. I, um, early fifties? Rhonda stammered, surprised by the speed of the change. Early fifties. Uh, yeah, I guess, Charlie said, his voice dropping by a moment. He seemed to be shrinking to himself. I was born 1217 years ago, he said. He glanced back at the lake, in a place just about 20 miles from that lake. Rhonda studied what she could to see of Charlie to see any signs of violence. Relatively, he said, every man that signed up for the mission knew the cost. We were leaving everything behind. We'd ride the laser beam faster than any human had ever gone before. Whether or not we saved it, we'd never see our world again. We might make it back to Earth, but it wouldn't be our Earth. She'd be older. Charlie slumped down into the overstuffed chairs and sat for a moment. That's why they only let men go. No chance of kids being born if there were no women. They had a preference for unmarried and childless bachelors. Said it'd be less cruel that way. Maybe. I don't know. Charlie picked up the armrest of the chair and ragged fingernails. He seemed to command to his full attention. Still hurt, though, didn't it? Rhonda said. What the hell would you know about hurt? You're just a hologram. Charlie shouted. Rhonda bristled and maintained a professional. That, that, that's an outdated view, Charlie, she said. I'm a siliconite instead of a carbonoid, and I'm no less than a person and no less real than you. We fought for our rights as your people fought for theirs. Their ancient racist opinion has no place in this time. Though this was supposed to be a safe place for me to express myself, Charlie said. 
Yes, safe, Rondas said, but not without its own rules. There were names your people were called and that would be just as inappropriate. Charlie nodded faintly. I apologize, he said. Well, Rhonda said, I understand this is quite the transition for you to accept your apology. Tell me more about what happened when you were rescued. They took us on board, told us that it had been over a thousand years, and that we could have us home in a few weeks, Charlie said, still picking mindlessly at the furniture. There was more that they told you, wasn't there, Rhonda said. The, um, Charlie started before clearing his throat. The planet that we, uh, hmm. Charlie found it difficult going. It's okay, Rhonda said. Take your time. The war had never come, Charlie said. The one attack on Earth was all that ever happened. And it wasn't even an attack. Just some kind of random bad luck that a cruiser crashed into Europe. Wiped out a billion people without meaning to. We built the PLA and took a battle to them. And it wasn't even a war. We won, though. Boy, did we win. Rondo watched Charlie's eyes grew red and forced himself to not look up at his torn, bloody fingernail, scraping against the twisted threads of the chair. We glassed them, Charlie said out loud. Glassed the whole frickin' planet. Grilled everyone that ever lived down there. Wasn't even a war when we annihilated them. You ever see a glass planet? Because I hadn't. Hell, I don't even know if anyone has. It's god-awful. A whole world reduced to charred little ball of crap. Even after decon, you can still smell the burning in your hair, in your clothes, in your dreams. Men, women, children, all burned up. Never had a chance. Then that, that stupid freaking angel shows up and tells us that we're worth nothing. Even worse, you just slaughtered a species with their own history and stories and technology. Wiped them out from a misunderstanding. An incident. You're not heroes. You're monsters from the dark. You're the ones that civilized people should fear. You. You're the bad guys. Charlie stopped picking at the chair. His bloodied hand stained the end of the armrest. He could feel the pulse and chewed the remnants of his finger. There wasn't even any blood, he said. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed. If you did, please consider supporting the author from the link down below. Otherwise, if you wish to support this channel, there are numerous ways to do so, like liking, subscribing, and possibly even becoming a patron. Otherwise, the easiest way would be to share. And until the next video, I hope that you all have a good one, and I'll see you then. Cheers.